this is quite literally an episode unlike any other I've done. So I asked a fellow RD colleague, friend, Argavan, to come on this podcast with me and for me to give her a human design rating. So backstory, she and I connected on Instagram a couple of months back. Since then, we've collaborated and have done an Instagram live. When I was in San Jose slash San Francisco, she and I met up for brunch and we've continued to connect after that. But at brunch, I brought up human design and it piqued her interest. So she ended up like looking up her design, sending me screenshots, and I gave her a super high level reading on Instagram about her design and everything resonated. (laughs) She was like, oh my God, how do you know me? So well said. So I was like, would you be open to me going deeper with you on the pod? And she said, yes. And that was really cool. So today is that. Today is literally just that. I I like to call this, or I'm going to call this like an intro, like a crash course intro into human design for you, the listener, because I talk about each of the centers and like what it means to have them defined, undefined, open. And we kind of like go back and forth and talk about our different experiences because she has different things um, defined than I do. And I feel like that's really cool and vice versa. So we get to talk about those different experiences and you guys get to see the beauty of these differences in human design. So yeah, this is a fun episode and I hope all of that comes through and it's something that you guys can garner some wisdom from. Um, even if she and she nor I have your designs, right? It's still something that can just be so insightful and yeah, it's just a really cool, really cool experience. So I'm so grateful to Argavan for letting me do this and being open to this because this was a really fun experience. And before we get into it, if you guys have looked up your human design and you're still looking at it like, yo, what the fuck is this alien writing? I don't know what I'm looking at. Take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram. I will give you a high level understanding of what your design is. I'm not going to go into the same detail that I went in uh, for Argavon this last hour, hour and a half, or this next hour, hour and a half. Um, But on the gram, I'll at least give you like five to 10 minutes of VMs of like what your design means for you. And I feel like it's just so insightful for not just your business, but for yourself as a human and for the people around you, right? Like she had some aha moments in this discussion, like on how to use her design and how to tap into her design, not just for herself, but for her her family as well. And I think, I feel like that's so important. So yeah, let me know what you guys think. Without further ado, take it away, past Chell. Argavon, welcome to the show. Hey, girl, Thanks, what's up? Celestine. I'm good. So good to see you. Yes, virtually this time, because last yes. time I saw you, it was in person. Yeah, we seem to be switching it. It was virtually, then it was in person. We're back to virtually. Yeah. I love it. All yeah. right, so tell the, tell the peeps out there a little bit about you. Okay, I'm Argavon. I'm a pediatric dietitian. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I moved to the Bay Area, San Francisco in 2009 with my husband. I now have two kids. They are third and sixth grade. And I have a private practice. And then during the pandemic, I launched a podcast, which was purely, I call it a pandemic passion project, PPP. (laughs) And that has given me an outlet to connect. I know that's something you and I connected on is to be able to connect with other people. And it's a podcast that 
talks about topics in health and wellness with expert guests from all over the world. Um, that's also under the same name as my practice, which is Baby Steps Nutrition. So I'd love it if everyone can check it out. I'm always looking to grow and connect with more people. Amazing. All right. So today we are doing something I've never done before on the show, but I've talked about it a metric shit ton, human design, specifically Argavon's human design. So this is going to be like a crash course in human design as well as a human design reading. And initially, like I do this on Instagram all the time, right? I'm always like, hey, like send me a screenshot like of your human design if you want like a quick high level reading. So after she and I met in person, Argavon sent me her like her human design. I did a super high level reading, but today we're going even deeper because um, it's really fun and I'm really excited for this. You ready? I'm ready. I don't know if I'm <laughs> ready, but I, I'll get ready. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's a journey to self-discovery all in one hour on a literally. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday wisdom, right? <laughs> it's so funny. So like the first podcast, first podcast I ever created was called the Unstuck Institute and our first episode. So I did it with a friend and our first episode was called ready is a lie. Oh, well, there you go. And full disclaimer, I usually, I'm a little skeptical when it comes to certain things, just because I'm an overanalyzer by nature, as I'm sure we'll find out in a minute. But when you read my human design, I was so impressed about the level of detail and I had my own aha moments about myself as I was listening to your voicemail. So the fact that we're going even deeper, it's like all my insides are just lit up. So let's do it. All right, cool. So the way you would read your human design is a 6-2 sacral generator. The 6-2 piece is called the profile. So that, that means that you are a role model hermit. That's like, that's how you present to the world, right? So the 6-2, uh, the 6 line is something that is a part of your personality. And it's something that's like ever present, not just like that you can see, but other people can see in you. So the six line is broken up into three different parts. So zero through 30, 30 through 50, 50 and beyond. Basically the zero through 30, like you're in your early life, you're figuring it out as you're going, you're making a ton of mistakes, doing all the things, maybe some good, maybe some not so good, but you're definitely learning from that piece of it. Um, After like around 28, that's when typically someone would go through their Saturn return. And that's like this, like basically a quarter life crisis that one would go through and then experience the transition into the next phase of life for the six line, which is a 30 through 50. It's considered on the roof. I'm in that right now. And the way I like to describe it is like, we can have a conversation like you and me, but then I'm also like above it and I can see it from a different perspective. That's the best way I can describe it because it's happened to me a handful, more than a handful of times now. But like, it's really weird because you can see things from like in your body, but also like outside and it's wild. And then basically 50 and beyond, it might happen earlier for some, but basically then you become the wise owl and like Mm. you're the person that people come to for advice. Another piece of this six line is like showing by doing, right? So like being the person that you want the world to see and you want the world to be and learn from. So I guess a really good example of this is a couple of months ago, like I was really PO'd because everyone was ghosting me when I was doing, when I was doing outreach. And this one dietitian who I had met in real life a couple of times, like kept saying, Oh, like I'll come, maybe I'll come like living close to like one of the events that I was hosting and just like ended up being like, Oh, sorry. Like I didn't come. 
you know, like my family got in the way or whatever. And I was like, hey, like, fine. But can you just like let me know next time? Like, let me know. That's so much better than than not, right? That's so much better than leading me on. So I know that seems like something that could be common sense, but I feel like as a role model, like we are here to explain that piece of it, even if it feels like it's something that's innate with, within us, right? We need to be the ones to quite literally role model it for others. Yes. How does that resonate so far? Very good. I'm still like excited that I'm in the under 50 category. But the nice thing is I have something to look forward to, which is a wise owl. Yeah. Versus yeah. some of the other things that are thrown around as oh, you yeah. get older. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Older and wiser. I'll take it. Yes, exactly. So that's the next piece of this, right? Being a 6-2 role model slash hermit. The two is the hermit. And that means that you need your alone time. You reset in your own space. And that is how, like, that's how you become more you, right? Whether it's outside, whether it's inside, I'll talk a little bit more about like ideal environments in just a bit, but being in your own space is so important. If you're a two line, the other thing that comes with a two line is this, like, if you get really stoked on something, you have this intense focus of like just going, diving in. And if anyone like comes and distracts you, it's really hard to get back into it. So I find that like, if I'm working on something and someone asks me a question, the way to not semi be rude about it is just be like, Hey, I'm focusing. Give me like 10 minutes, right? Like give them a timeline so that you can still have your time to focus on it because really it's really hard to like get back into it after you've been distracted from it. And it kind of sucks. So yeah. thoughts on I'm, that. And my kids have learned the hard way. It's like when they see me <laughs> focused and now they come in, they kind of go right back out because it's like, <laughs> I'm in the zone and don't kill it because it's it's a short time that I have in my day. Yeah. So let me just get there. And then I'm happy to transition back to you. But if, and people that have known me well, have learned that well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it is something that we need to be conscious of ourselves as two lines, because I'm also a six two. Um, but then also inform other people around us that that this is something that we need to do. This is our focus time, right? Especially if they haven't learned that already. But I think letting people know can be really helpful. Yeah. And that's where the boundaries ties into it, right? So yes. it's not just about self-care and peace, but it's like, this is my time to be creative. And this is my time to focus on something that brings me a lot of joy and passion. And yes. I do that in so many other aspects of my life, but this also is part of that. So that has to, we have to allow time and space for that as well. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. So the next piece of this, I mentioned you are a 6-2 sacral generator. So the sacral piece is gut reactions. That is how you make your decisions. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I don't have any access to that part of my design or that part of my body. So I don't know what gut decisions feel like. But for you, my understanding is that it, it feels like just this innate inner knowing or like maybe a grumble or maybe like a mm-hmm, mm-mm. Um, but like it could just be something that's so innate and you make these decisions kind of in the moment. So my question to you is when I asked you to do this podcast, did, what did that feel like in your gut for you, if you can recall? I'm like, this is neat. I want to do this. I want to learn more. I'm curious. I'm open to opportunities. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Without and even then, thinking it. Yeah. And it's literally just this innate reaction. And if for people out there who have a sacral, like um, who have this as part of their design, right? Who have the sacral, oh my God, I can't remember the word. 
strategy, authority, sacral authority, words. Um, lots of words. Yeah. Lots of words. <laughs> Who have the sacral authority. It's If you need to practice with it, ask yes or no questions or have someone in your life ask you yes or no questions and or this or that questions, right? Like Mexican food or Chinese food for dinner, right? Like if you can have those two um, those two choices, it's a lot easier to make a decision. And if you're, if you have no idea how to tap into that, not even saying words, just saying mm-hmm or mm-mm can be really helpful to tap into that too, especially yeah. for more challenging decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really fascinating about what you said, I've always been known to be stubborn and set in my ways, but I always say because I always knew what I wanted. And so mm. I think it goes back to now you're speaking about it from a human design perspective, but it's about when you listen to your gut and you trust your gut, of course, you don't have anything to fall back on. Like that's just what you're tapped into. Yeah. And I feel like my kids are now like that too. So people like us can be seen as stubborn, set in our ways, inflexible. But once we make a decision, the nice thing is we don't ever hardly have any regrets, right? Um, you might look back and, and reflect, of course, and evaluate and grow, but you're never going to do something and go, oh, shoot, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have gone the other way because I was trying to silence that voice in my head. Yeah. And it, I feel like sometimes it takes courage to listen to your gut and learn not to ignore it because that is that's really what's helping guide you if you are a sacral authority, right? That's what's helping guide you in making decisions that feel good for you. If you're getting a gross feeling in your gut or you feel like you have to run to the bathroom, it's probably not the right decision for you, you know? Yeah. Like that can manifest itself literally in like diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It is scary. And there's a there's a courage aspect that comes with it because there's no one else to really blame, right? For lack of yeah. a better word. It's just you and you. Yeah. So if you feel like, oh, I made a mistake, well, then you have to go internally and you have to do work introspectively. Like you can't blame it on an external factor, which I think is the hardest thing, but also it's very valuable because, you know, in a world where we don't have a lot of control, we only have control over ourselves. So I'm still yeah. working on that. It's still a journey, but it's yeah. interesting that a lot of this has been innate and I just didn't know it until now. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. And you said you worded that so beautifully. I appreciate that. Okay. I'm reflecting on myself as you're reflecting on myself. <laughs> I love this. This is meta, guys. This is hella meta right now. Yeah. This is okay. gold. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. So the next and last piece of just reading like what you are, right? So 6-2 sacral generator. So generators are here to respond. You your sacral, like, right, your decision-making center is not only your decision-making center, but it's also like, think of it as like your Energizer Bunny battery. It's your, like, it's your battery to do the things, to go, and like, ideally, you run that out throughout the day so that you just conk out at night, right? Like, you go, go, go. And like, oh, yeah. that's that's innate within you. Um, I think the biggest part about this, though, is responding to things that you have a hell yes gut response to. So, Yes, you're here to respond, but you're here to respond to things that feel like a hell yes in your gut, that your gut is telling you yes. If you're responding things and your gut is telling you no, then that's not an aligned decision. And then that's how you get into, I don't know, taking burnout. on positions, burnout. Yeah. yeah. Taking on positions you don't love, moving across the country to a city you don't love, you know, like all of those things. But it comes in conjunction it's not just a response. It's a response and then listening to your gut and what your gut is telling you. 
How does that resonate? Pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I think the other piece of that is if you don't do that, not only will it lead to burnout, but it could also really lead to frustration. And that can be frustration in a job that like doesn't light you up or frustration. Like maybe you got into a speaking engagement that you were like half-assed like into and you're like, shit, now not only do I have to do my job, but I have to do the speaking engagement that I'm not super stoked about. Right. And then that can just lead to like, not just frustration, but dread and then not putting all of your heart or not putting all of you into it, you know? So that's, yeah. that's why you follow your strategy and authority people. <laughs> yeah. And there's something else I've learned that ties into that are boundaries. I know that's a word that gets thrown around, but it really took me many, many years to really learn and understand and appreciate what that looks like because I used to let so many things in and then I mm -hmm. developed resentment. And I knew yeah. like if I had listened to my gut, if I had set those boundaries, right. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have gone down that path, but because I did, I'm like, yeah, you see, I, I knew better. I just didn't do better. And so yeah. that's something I'm really looking to work on in this next half of my life or yeah. next phase or chapter or whatever that may be. Yeah. Before I'm an old wise, well, no, it's just wise owl. Just a there wise no, owl. There was no old in there. Yes. <laughs> just a wise owl. <laughs> a wise owl. Um, yeah. And I think that's really the biggest gift we can give ourselves. And I'm really yeah. trying so hard to work on that and also teach my kids at a young age. So I love we don't that. have to learn that really the hard way. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think looking up your kids' human design can be a really fun way to just understand them a little bit better, right? Like, and how, like, child number one is so vastly different from child number two, potentially, you know, and highlight their, this is for anything, but I'm, I guess, speaking specifically to kids at this point, but like highlighting their positives, highlighting their strengths and allowing them to play into that rather than feeling like they need to be something that they're not. Cause that sucks. I never thought you could apply till you just said it, human design to younger kids. Cause for some reason in my mind, it was to do that. It was linked to life experience, but yeah, you're right. Like it's not to do with that at all. So that, yeah. I mean, I, I'm up for doing a human design on, on kids as well. Yeah. I would love and to I hear think, what that looks like. I think it just gives you different perspectives as a parent, right? And again, it is to highlight their superpowers, not to like shit on them. It's to highlight and see the beauty and the differences. Yes. And remind yeah. yourself in those tough moments, like this is yeah. who they are. Yeah. This is, this is just them being themselves. And I feel like little kids are the best representation of like living out their design too, if they're not like squashed, Yes, you know, yes, which is yeah. really cool. Yes. Okay. That was a great little detour. Let's get back because we have this massive crash course <laughs> to get through. Here All right. Okay. So just going back, your decision-making is gut response, right? So like doing that gut check, when you're responding to something is so key. And I think just to give you guys a little bit of contrast for those of you who are listening, I am also a 6'2", like Argavon. However, my decision-making center is not my gut. My decision-making center is my heart. So it's ego-centered. And for me, it feels like a Care Bear, like from the 90s, like the 90s, like heart Care Bear, when their like heart is all like illuminated. That's how it feels for me when I'm making a decision that is aligned for me. And then instead of being a generator, I'm a manifester. So I'm here to initiate and, and inform. So I don't respond to anything. This morning, for example, I was like hiking and I was thinking because I didn't have headphones in because I forgot them. But honestly, it was probably a good thing because then I had like thoughts coming into my head. I was like, ooh, this would make a bomb ass reel. And it did. It made a bomb ass reel. So... <laughs> 
I saw that by the way. And, and I, I concur. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bomb ass reel. So yeah. So it's just different ways of operating. There's not one right way. There's not one wrong way, but I did just want to highlight those differences at the very high level. Okay. So the next piece of this is just understanding your chart. Cause it looks a little bit crazy. If you guys have ever looked up your chart, I'm pretty sure I said to Argavon, I was like, Hey, can you just like send me a picture of that whack looking chart? Cause it looks crazy. It looks like an alien writing, but let's break this down. So we're going to start with the triangles and the squares that are on the chart. Those are called centers. Those are based loosely on like the chakra system. So there's like head, ajna, throat. We'll go through those more in a second. But that's what that's kind of based on. The next piece of that is within those centers are gates. And that gives you access to that center to some extent. So the gates are like the little circles, the little numbers within those centers. And then finally are the channels. So when two gates are connected between two centers, those are called channels. When they are black, like fully black, that is a conscious channel. When they're red or half red or half red and black, that's unconscious. So when it's red, it's unconscious. When it's black, it's conscious. When you have like a half channel that's black, half channel that's red, that's semi-conscious, semi-unconscious. And basically I find that it just, it varies your access to those centers, right? Some days you'll feel like you have all of the access to that center. For me, I'm just going to give you an example. I only have one channel in my entire chart. Some people have like 10 in their charts. I only have one. And it's from my throat to my ego center, my heart center. And from my throat, it's the statement I believe, which is really cool. Um, and I feel the impact when I say that, which is super cool. But that piece of it is conscious for me. So the piece coming off of my throat is conscious. However, the piece coming off of my ego center or my heart is unconscious. So some days I feel more connected to it than others. I just wanted to give you guys that example because I think that that's helpful to understand when you're looking at your chart. Um, Argavan, I believe you have one completely conscious channel and one completely unconscious channel, which is really interesting. So I would love to know how this feels within you. Um, so there we go. We have, you have the 2750 and this goes from your sacral. So your decision-making center to your spleen and your spleen is your intuition center. Uh, when it's defined, meaning that it's colored in, it's intuition for self. When it's undefined or open, uh, meaning there's no color on it, that, mean it's in, that means it's intuition for others. But for you, it's intuition for self, which is really cool. Uh, actually, your spleen is lit the fuck up, meaning that you have a <laughs> lot of self-intuition, which is dope. So I would love to know how this resonates for you. So this channel is called the preservation channel, um, a, design of a design of custodianship. So the theme, the energy of preserving traditional values, custodianship, and care for the people of your tribe. You inspire confidence in others. They naturally seek support and care from you. And this is something that in theory is conscious within you. Do you feel that? A thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And this is actually half of like the nurturing channel. So like this goes from the spleen to the sacral. And then if you have the other side too, which you don't, but maybe your husband does, um, then it goes from like the sacral to the uh, emotional center. That's like the mm -hmm. whole nurturing channel. Um, but yeah, I thought this was interesting too. So 
reading a little bit more into it, you're distinguished by your special aura to which other people are drawn, and others may feel that being next to such a person can create a sense of calm in them, which I do feel, which is really cool. I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So freaking cool. Um, And a person with this channel can really influence the behavior of others directly and indirectly, helping them make decisions. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah. So this in conjunction with your sixth line, I think is really impactful, which is really cool. That's great to know. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes, I mean, I speak from the heart. I do wear my heart on my sleeve and I, I don't have a good poker face, meaning I can't really pretend like what you see is what you get. And I'll always try to be me. Of course, Um, I'm working on authentic part because that's again, a whole part of the journey, but it's in there. It just, when it comes out, I feel like that you're really getting that piece of me. So this all makes total sense. Yeah. So cool. So the next channel you have, I would love to hear your reaction to this because this is something that is unconscious in you. It is completely unconscious, right? So it's all red on your chart. And this is called the 1333, the prodigal sun channel. So this goes from your throat to your G center. So your throat is your manifestation center, right? You're speaking it out into the world. The G center is like the love and direction center. It can be love and direction for yourself. It can be love and direction for others. Um, talks a lot about like leadership in this, in this, um, in this center. So uh, it's called a design of the witness. This is a collective channel and I'll talk a little bit more about what that is in a bit. Uh, but the theme of it is the energy of solitude and reflection on past experiences. You keep stories that you that you are trusted and then select those stories that can contribute to the development of society. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where the podcast started or has been brewing. It just came out at the right time or because of the right setting. Yeah. Does this feel not necessarily less accessible, but does this feel like, less you outwardly than the other one did? You know, I think this is a part of me that I'm really tapping into now. Yeah. Um, I think the I've let the other part maybe more outshine this other part, and that could be just circumstances and, and, and experiences and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I feel like that part is in there as you're talking about it, because that yeah. is the part that I also, because I'm all about the balance. So I would like to work on this other part that, yes, I think requires courage and bravery and honesty with myself. So working on that one, but I'm committed to it. So to hear it out loud is really interesting. I'm like, did you, are you listening to what I'm saying inside? (laughs) Isn't this crazy stuff though? It is. And like, this part is like part of your design. So it's unconscious, but it's part of your design. Meaning that like, I don't know how deep I want to get in. I'm going to get deep. Anyway, this part of the human design world, basically this part of you was created before you were born. And then the personality side is the side that was created at the time that you were born. So this is something that was like innate with you, innate within you. And it is still 100% part of you. It's just maybe a little less easy to access or a little less easy to be aware of most of the time. So cool. It's so cool. And it totally makes sense because looking back on certain things, I know why certain things kind of overpowered the other stuff. And I mean, it all makes sense, but who you are is who you're meant to be. It just, does it actually come out 
in the way that you want it to. And for most people, I think not just because yeah. of life experience, life experiences, social conditioning, shitting on ourselves, connections. Right. Yeah. yeah. All the things. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think we've gotten through that one. Amazing. And then there's other gates that are significant on your chart as well. But I find that starting with the channels that you have, that's where your true superpowers are. And that's why I like to lean into those a little bit more than the gates that you have. And that would be like a next step if you wanted to dive deeper, go into your gates for sure. Okay. So I kind of explained the centers, um, but I'm going to explain them a little bit more in relation to your chart as well. So starting from the top to the bottom, we go head, ajna, throat, G-center, continuing straight down, sacral, and then root. Then there's off to the side, to the right of the G-center, is the ego center or the heart center. To the right of that is the emotional center. And all the way to the left is the splenic center. So on your chart, you have, let me explain the verbiage before I get into that. I'm just so excited. Okay. So (laughs) I love this. (laughs) So defined centers are centers that have color in them right? They are defined on the chart. Undefined, meaning that they don't have color, but they do have gates coming out of them, right? Mm -hmm. So they'll be like a little circle and then they'll be like half a line coming out of them. That means it's undefined. And then if something is completely open, there's no gates coming out of it at all on the chart. It is completely white, completely blank. So on your chart, starting with your head, your head is completely open, which is actually really cool. So The only, I I guess the only caveat to that is if your head is completely open, you could have the potential of shooting on yourself a lot, right? I should be further along. I should be doing this. All the time. (laughs) However, the positive of that is you're super open-minded and you can see the different perspectives of different things. And I feel like that's the, that's the really cool part about having an open head. I also have an open head. Thoughts on that? (laughs) As I say, thoughts on that. (laughs) And why we connected, right? I feel like. You know, when you meet someone and you haven't known them for a long time, but we have met virtually, we've met in person and it just clicked, right? That whole idea of like when you click with someone and I think it's that, um, the true definition of clicking yeah, where you're both open to that experience. And I think this is, sounds like this is where that comes from. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the six, two vibe is also kind of what brought us together. I, I love six twos in my life. My husband's a six, two. My dad's a six two. My mom has a two line in her chart. Love me a good six and a two, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next piece is the Ajna. So this is like the thought processing center. Yours is undefined. So you still have gates coming off of there, right? So I should do this because this is what's typical in my industry is what could come up from this, right? Again, still shooting on yourself based off of what you're experiencing and what you're seeing other people doing within the space. Thoughts, feelings. Yeah, that's a tough one. That one, again, I think it all comes down to being honest with yourself and knowing yourself. Um, I think it's important to have ideas. Um, I think it's also important to know like everyone's different, different life stages, different circumstances. So I think that's the part where you have compassion for yourself and you give yourself a little grace. 
Um, otherwise, I think the other extreme of that would be something like imposter syndrome, right? Like you never mm-hmm. feel like you're good enough and you're always trying to keep up with other people. And I know this is something we've talked about, like the whole influencer industry yeah. and like, what does that look like? And, you know, chasing the likes and chasing the clout versus, you know, I'm inspired by, I'm motivated by, I'm empowered by, and this is someone that I look up to and that I admire. And so what have they worked through and where are they and what does what does that journey look like and what can that teach me so I think it can really go either way but they're the extremes I don't think there's a lot of gray area like you either kind of can go this way or you can go this way yeah what do you think like I I concur and I think because a lot of it like we're so conditioned to feel like we need to have an opinion on something right and I don't know what the percentage is of people with open ashanas, but it's probably less than the majority, right? And we feel like we have to have these hardcore defined opinions and we should know exactly what to do. And if we allowed ourselves to kind of fuck around in the gray area a little bit, you know, I think I think there'd be more open-mindedness for exploration and like understanding what your passions are. If we could, if we could mess around in that gray area a little bit. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like there definitely is space for that. Yeah. But then again, this is a conversation with two people with open ajanas. So. <laughs> so we're clearly open to it. Um, it's, just a matter- <laughs> it's just a matter of how do you get there? Right. Yeah. The, exactly. the big question marks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next piece. You have a defined throat and you have access to your throat in two different ways. By that, I mean the two statements that impact your throat or have, rather, you speaking out these statements will have the most impact on the people that you're working with. So one is in relation to the undefined, uh, rather, the unconscious channel we just talked about, the prodigal son, the 1333. And this statement is, I remember. So sharing stories that have, have had impact on you with other people and starting those statements with, I remember, maybe it's, I remember a time, I remember a feeling, I remember a, you fill in the blank. This is so crazy that you said that because I got goosebumps and I'll tell you why. I'm someone, I have very poor memory or so that's what I've told myself in all my 40 plus years, right? There are things that when I speak with childhood friends, they have very vivid details of doors and teachers and outfits and cars. I remember none of those things. But it's interesting that I remember people and experiences and relationships, and those are the things that stand out for me. But for the life of me, I cannot recall any other detail of like the door sign and and the dog next door that I grew up next to and those things. So when you say that, that makes complete sense because I've always almost been so hard on myself that why is my memory this way? And I always joked, I have the memory of an old woman, but there are things that really I value and I treasure. And those are the things that have always remained sort of fresh in my mind. So yeah, I'm learning to appreciate that and, and not, and not focus on like, I, I don't recall a lot of things from my past. Yeah. Yeah. Oh girl, that gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started it. So I just, <laughs> I'm going there with you, but that's why this is all really neat because we're seeing yeah. the the positives and and the and the power of all of the things that you're saying. Where for a long time we could have right yeah. done the opposite. You know what's really fun about this channel too? I know we were we we left the channel world, but this channel in particular, um, I don't know if you find this to be the case, but like 
it makes you really easy to talk to and like people are more apt to like divulge like random fucking secrets about their lives to you because you have this channel yeah but it's also part of who you are because you open it up to that right so yeah. yeah these are the conversations where it naturally it comes out it's not something you prepare for right like we were talking about I'm like I could go and research the science of human design and contribute yeah. very intellectually to this conversation or I could say you know what I, I'm all open my gates are open <laughs> <laughs> and and you can ask me and I'm going to share and reveal and reflect as much yeah. as I can. So cool. So, so cool. cool. Random story about this one. Uh, I was in a car with one of my friends. She's a projector. And like we had just met. She, actually, she's a 6'2 ego projector. See? My 6'2 people. Yeah. Um, shout but out. she has this. <laughs> shout out. But she has this. <laughs> And like, we had never met in person before. And we were in a car together for like 10 hours. And I just found myself like word vomiting to her I was like I don't think I've ever told that story out loud <laughs> 10 hours is a long time but yeah so that's what that channel can do and we were hangry it was a whole thing but it was super fun yeah so <laughs> again fun random tangent yeah. back onto it though your other I statement in your throat that really resonates for you is I lead mm. you may not feel like you have a ton of access to that because it is unconscious in your throat and it's not necessarily, it's not, it's not fully connected to your G center, um, but it is there. What you definitely have more access to is I remember. Yes. So yes. So and feel, yes. Yeah. So feel into both of those, right? Try using both as much as you can just to feel into it. But I feel like that's a really fun activity because I have, oh, there it is. I have, I have the statements I have, and I believe, and I notice that when I use it, when I use those two statements, it's so much more impactful, like in my marketing in my messaging, just when I'm talking to another human, whatever that may be. Yeah. And I think that I lead part is action oriented. So that can mm. often feel very scary where the yeah. other one is more thought provoking and, you know, you can use your emotions and you can do, it's more of, you could think stuff and no one else would know about it. But once yeah. you take certain steps then you've opened yourself up to the world. And I think that's where it feels scary. So you're right. It's in there. It's definitely in there. The leadership qualities. Yeah. It's just, it hasn't come out in full force yet. Yeah. I'm hoping Love to that. tap into it as I, yes, wiser, not older. Yes. <laughs> so if you didn't have access to your throat, this could feel like I should be getting more likes, more comments, more engagement on my content, right? Like, you're trying, you're forcing it if you didn't have this defined. Cool. So the next one, we're going to keep going down. This is the G center. Mm -hmm. So you do have this defined. And I, I mentioned earlier, this is like the love and direction center. You have two gates coming off of your G center, one going up, which is direction, one going down, which is love. And the love one is conscious. The direction one is unconscious. So this is just love and direction. It could be for yourself. It can be for others. Again, the leadership piece of it, the direction for others. Um, if this was undefined, oh my God, where'd my notes go? There it is. If this is undefined, um, the statement could be, I should do it this way because X is doing it with this way and they're successful. So what I find, I have an open G center and mm -hmm. I've found before I understood this is like in high school, I took on the laugh of my high school boyfriend like the exact way that he laughed and it was unconscious in me. But I think that the unconscious G center 
or rather the undefined G center takes on the personalities or like tests out the personalities of other people. But for you, you're pretty defined in who you are. Yeah. So again, so interesting that you said that because something, you know, again, it's not my past, but something that I'm working towards is I've always been a safe space for people. So Mm -hmm. even though I had certain opinions or certain things I wanted to do, this is why people always came to me, right? So I felt like whether it was a muted form of who I was or understated or smalling myself in certain Mm -hmm. situations to be something for someone else, but this is something that I'm working on. Like, no, it's okay to be you and it's okay to still be that person for someone else or not. And it's okay for someone to walk away. And because you, um, what's the word you're, you're, you're taking that lead, right? Yeah. That means something to you. So I can't even explain it as well as you can, but I think you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Mm, I love this conversation. All right. We're going to keep going down to your sacral. So I mentioned earlier, this is like your energizer bunny power center. And like, Mm -hmm. as a generator, this is, this is your secret sauce. This is your energy, right? Of like the go, 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 the do, do, do. However, if someone doesn't have this defined, I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I should be better with boundaries with my clients, but, Mm -hmm. or it can manifest itself as like, I don't have the energy to do X, Y, and Z today. And I don't most days because I don't have this defined. Um, But for you, you have the boundless energy. Sometimes it may not be the will to do it, but you have boundless energy to do the things. And I find that when, as a person who doesn't have this defined, I have to go to a cafe to get work done. If I like, especially if it's like homework, Mm -hmm. working on my MBA right now, not great, not fun, but if I have to like go get homework done, I have to go to a cafe to get it done. I need to be in an environment where I'm kind of like leeching off of other people's sacral energy to get things done. So as a person with a defined sacral, like how does that energy piece resonate for you or how does that feel for you? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because there are ideal situations for me where I know like I would love to be in a library or a cafe but I've also felt like I've been adaptable in any situation. So sometimes if there's something I don't want to do, for example, washing dishes, which is all the time or folding laundry, and I know it needs to get done, I almost give myself a little bit of a pep talk or self-talk. And I think, well, how can I make this situation into a way that I'm going to get it done with some joy? So then I blast music, for example, or I'm dancing as I'm doing something mundane. So I think I've found ways to make it work. It might not be preferable, but it gets done, like you said, and I'll give it everything I've got. I'm like, I got to do it. So I might as well. And then it just, you know, the momentum takes over and then I'm like, okay, then I crash and burn by 7 or 8 p.m. where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I need to sit down, have my cup of tea, watch a rerun. And that's my day. So, yeah, that's so interesting for so many different reasons. One I'm going to touch on in like three minutes. And then the other one we'll touch on in just a bit, which is the environment piece of it. Mind blown. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm getting ready. I'm racing my- <laughs> okay. 
Excellent. <laughs> okay, so we're going to keep going down the chart. So finally, we're at the root and yours is undefined, right? So like you still have gates coming out of there, but it is undefined. So an undefined root could feel like I should be doing this because X is already doing it and I have to keep up. Basically, it's pressure. It's external pressure when you have it undefined and it's pressure, like pressure for yourself. Um, how do I explain this? I always like I don't have a defined root, so I don't really know how to explain a defined root. Um, but it's like, it's pressure either way, right? Mm -hmm. It's external pressure that you're feeling put on yourself, which is not actually your energy if it's undefined. And it's mm -hmm. pressure that you positively put on yourself if it is defined. And it could also feel very grounding to other people to have a defined root as well. But with the with you and I, we both have an undefined root. So feeling that external pressure. But I think the important part to remember is that that external pressure is not our energy. Thoughts, mm -hmm. feelings, experiences. Yes to everything you just had. So <laughs> um, growing up as a twin. So mm. that's where that piece comes in. It's funny. I'm reflecting all over the place and I didn't even know I'm going to tie in examples. But you're I right. I remember like, when. I remember when, so with twins, as you know, I'm being a fraternal twin, you're two different people, but when you're raised in an environment where you're the same, I think that creates a lot of the things that we've talked about, right? So those are the things like you kind of work towards. And then now that I'm an adult, I'm like, oh, interesting how, right? Um, or two siblings in a household or, or whatever, right? Um, but I think now as an adult, you're right, like, there's still the both and I'm still trying to figure out a, a nice balance where I use one to motivate me instead of feel myself bring me down or, you know, an obstacle in my way, or I look at it as a challenge that I need to overcome. So I think I'm still trying to figure out the balance there. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's the root is something I feel like societally is something that's like societally conditioned, right? For people who have open roots. So it's not just a you thing. It's not just a me thing. I feel like that external pressure on people with open roots is very apparent. And it's really hard to decondition a root. But a lot of time, like spending outside, like squishing your feetsies in sand or in the dirt, like really connecting with nature is a great way to kind of like reset that root and then recognize yeah. when that energy isn't yours. Yeah, like physically grounding yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something so do you do often? Uh, I, I walk outside without shoes pretty yeah. often. I try yeah. to avoid dog poop in the park, you know, so mostly just in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. And when did you discover that's something that you needed to do? Or is that just something that comes natural to you from, mm. from many that's years ago? That's a great question. When did you take this over? <laughs> it just naturally, right? The curiosity, right? We were talking about mm. being the inquirer. Yeah. So I think, I think when I started learning about my design, I, I leaned into it more and I've noticed that when I've had to take steps away from my business because of like overwhelm, anxiety, whatever that reason is, or just like lack of inspiration um, and lack of wanting to talk, that's happened probably a handful of times since I've learned about my human design. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to be outside going for long walks and sometimes it's listening like to a podcast, usually a murder podcast, because I love me some true crime. Mm -hmm. But I've found that when I can do it without headphones or still have headphones in so no one no one talks to me and like I can have my RBF and just walk, um, 
and allow for those downloads to come, I find that that's when the inspiration arises. So I don't think it happened consciously. I think it happened just because the weather was beautiful in Germany and my dog and I would just like go for like 10 mile walks when I wasn't feeling it. And yeah, but it was so grounding and so nourishing being by myself, but also to that same extent, like I also get, I guess, more energy from being with people that I vibe with, right? So like there's this weird dichotomy of like very much needing alone time in nature for grounding and rooting, but also filling my cup with other people's amazing energy and not feeling sucked by, yeah, not feeling leached by them, you know? That's the self-awareness piece, right? And you actually yeah. do have it and you know from your own human design that it's very high for you. So you yeah. naturally gravitate towards things that fill your cup and you know, yeah. if you go towards other things, you're going to go from here to here, like snap of a finger. Yeah. And it, I think that's, that's something that comes with time, right? Like there were so, for so long I had toxic friends, quote unquote, in my life and it takes time and the self-reflection to be able to understand that they are energy sucking and not life-giving, you know? Emotional vultures. Ooh, great verbiage. <laughs> yeah. So, mm, again, an amazing little tangent. Love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we have three more centers to go. The next one is the heart or the ego center. Ooh. Yours is undefined. And this is like the willpower center, right? So mm -hmm. undefined could be like you were saying earlier with like the doing laundry piece you have no will to fold the laundry but you have the energy to do it just not the will so you need to do something that heights your mood right to like get you to that level mm -hmm. but with an undefined ego center heart center will center whatever you want to refer to it as there's shooting on yourself in the sense of I should join this program because that is the thing that will change the game for me and Oh, I feel like this could become such a shit marketing tactic for people. And I love human design, but I think also the more you know about it and the more you know about someone else's, mm -hmm. I don't do this because that's fucked. But mm -hmm. if you're, if you're looking at someone's design and you're like, this is going to be the thing that changes your life. If they have an undefined will and that's your yeah. promise to them, they're going to be sold on that. Mm -hmm. And that's fucked. Mm-hmm playing into someone, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why that came into mind, but like, I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in marketing. And I feel like that's so shitty because it does play on someone's, it, it plays on them, you know? So yeah, as an undefined will, what are your thoughts on, what are your feelings about like the willpower piece of it? Because I only have a defined will. So I'm just like, yeah, I, I just so it's interesting. <laughs> the ego piece really throws me off because we know ego often has a negative connotation. And yeah. my understanding of the ego is it's really a coping mechanism. So however mm. situation you've been faced with in life, your ego is really just manifesting because of your reaction to your environment. Ooh. So it used to be seen as something that was built in, that was innate, that was part of you. But I've come to understand it as, as, as the other. So when you see someone who's very egotistical and egomaniac, you kind of look back at their childhood and you're like, ah, there's a checklist there. So this is where I kind of get thrown off where I don't see it as connected to confidence. I see it as connected to insecurity. Ooh, yeah. And I could see that coming through in 
in someone with an undefined ego, right? Like it could be the insecurities of not enoughness of thinking that there's like the grass is greener on the other side because that person, that person found the secret sauce, right? Oh, that's interesting. And I love to hear your perspective on this because I don't know what that feels like. I only know my lived experience and what my willpower feels like. Mm -hmm. And that's, so for example, I got up at 5.30 this morning to go for a hike with my dog and the drive was like 30 minutes away, right? Like that's a commitment. And it's so interesting because when I got home, my mom was like, wow, I admire you so much. When you say something, you're going to do it. And yes, I, I don't know any other way. You know what I mean? And like, it's not for someone else. It's for me. So mm-hmm. yes, I think that this does come back to ego a little bit, but if I make promises to myself, I keep them. If I make promises to other people, I keep them. So to some extent, it is a little bit, quote unquote, selfish that I put myself first in that way. But I think it also circles back to the only channel that I have is to connect people to resources, right? So it's it's selfish in a way, but also very much still caring about the other, if that makes sense. It totally. And when you gave that example, it clarified a lot of things for me to understand. When you said undefined, I'm like, I understand now because the part that's defined is other people for me. And that's always how it's been. The part that is not clear is the promise to myself. And Mm -hmm. that's the part that I think if you ask me in 10 years, I think it will, not that human designs change, but I think there's been more value placed on the self part. Mm. And that's the part that I'm working on. Yeah. And you do have one gate coming off of your ego center, right? So you do have a little bit of access to it. It's just kind of tapping into that one gate. Yeah. And I think that's the piece of the well-being is like, I know what will bring me peace, what brings me comfort, what sets the appropriate boundaries. But it's like, how do I bridge the two? right? Yeah. Oh, so cool. Okay. We have two more. So next up is the uh, emotional solar plexus. And for you, this is completely open. So I have mine undefined, but I do have gates coming out of it. So I have a little bit of tap into emotion, but I'd love to know how this resonates for you. So completely open. This could present itself as I should go this route because I don't want to upset Mm-hmm. or let down, or let anybody, you know what I mean? Like let people down. How does that resonate? Uh, well, <laughs> the word that came to my mind is people pleasing. And so I think this is where there's been a lot of good that has come from being something for someone else and creating those connections and deep, authentic, meaningful uh, relationships. Yeah. But the downside has been, but what have I had to sacrifice in order to be that for someone else? So I think that's the piece that is very profound. That's the piece I think that has held me back, but has also, I think that's maybe naturally who I was meant to be, but maybe it was just more of an extreme form of it. So yeah, I think again, it comes back to, and I know I use the word boundaries because I know I can go either way, Yeah, but it's like, what is a healthy a fine line between the two where I can feel content doing both, but it's not coming at my own expense. Yeah. 
And I think this is another one where you have to recognize that. So because you have this completely open, if you are with someone who has this defined, you can feel emotion, you can amplify their emotions. And to give you an example, I have this undefined, right? So it's not colored in. I do have gates coming off of this. And both of my parents are um, emotional manifesting generators. So both of them have more heightened emotions than Mm -hmm. I have on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said earlier, right? Like wearing your, like not having a good poker face, neither of them have a good poker face. My dad will roll his eyes and I'm sure he's listening. So, hey, (laughs) you roll your eyes. Yeah, I see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my mom will just like have this like, like weird face reaction when I say something that is frustrating for me or like, I don't know, a challenge for me, but their, their reaction is just so much more amplified in part because I'm amplifying it. And I recognize like, talk about like looking back, I recognize that when I was in high school and I would get pissed off at them mm-hmm. and like that wouldn't help the situation. Cause then I'd be pissed and my like anger would amplify their emotions. And it wasn't necessarily like always anger emotions, but like it would amplify whatever they were feeling. So I think that's really important to note as having an open emotional center is yes, you can be the person that people come to and probably do come to, um, but also recognizing like if you need to step back in that conversation, just asking, asking for like five minutes, just give me a chance to step back and we can come into this conversation again, allowing yourself to check your emotions and where you're at. So that you can stay steady on your own. Because I'm assuming, because I don't really cry on my own very much unless I'm very stressed out. Doesn't I would assume you're probably not a crier on your own, pretty emotionally even keel most of the time, correct? Yes. And so another going back to that example of being open emotionally. So something I realized over time is because I'm that way and people feel very comfortable with sharing. But there have been people in my life where I noticed they felt like they overshared and they felt Mm. so vulnerable and exposed that then they retracted and they almost wanted to sort of not cut ties, but they went the other way of like it scared them and then they needed to retract from that friendship. And I thought that was really interesting because those are all the self-awareness piece where I'm like, I was just who I was. But it was maybe too much for that other person to feel like, and now I'm out there and I don't want to be out there. So I'm going to run away from yeah. this. So it was literally just an emotional amplification. And basically, because you have that completely open, you reflect back at them what they're mm. experiencing. So think of it as like kind of a bombardment to the senses when when you're talking about something emotional with someone who is an emotional authority and it's not your fault, right? It's, it's just part of who you are and they perhaps just weren't ready for that reflection. Yeah. But part of who I am is then I would blame myself and go, Oh, Mm. I didn't even know that it was going there until the ramifications of that interaction. And so then you're left with this, okay, well, am I going this way or this way? And I think those are the things that you're, adhering to which is the like you could go either way or it's open and closed or it's conscious and unconscious because I think sometimes I can ping pong between the two yeah and then just to to kind of glance over or 
bring a little bit of light to someone who does have a defined emotional authority is that's their decision making skills, right? Like how yours is your gut and how mine is my heart. For someone who does have that defined, that's their that's how they make their decisions. So they need to ride out that emotional wave. They need to feel into the highs. They need to feel into the lows. And that's right for them, right? So there's literally no right or wrong. There is just a you way of doing things. And I feel like that's the really cool part about all of this. But the self-awareness piece for all of these centers is the key to being able to live out your truest self in this space. Yeah. Alrighty, last but not least, your lit the fuck up spleen. <laughs> <laughs> now this one sounds like it's really something. So I'm excited for this. I would love to know what your feelings are, experiences are for this, because mine is completely open. I have no access to my spleen. So I'll explain to what that means for me, but I would love to hear your POV of like that self-intuition piece. So if you don't have this defined, it could come up as I should show up, but I'm afraid and I don't, and I don't know enough. I'm not an expert in enough, Mm -hmm. right? So it could feel like not enoughness if you don't have this defined. I don't feel that way, but I would love to know for you, this is self-intuition. Where does this, and because it's connected to your gut, I wonder, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to lead you. Please. Do you, yeah, when you help. feel like a gut reaction of like a hell yes, hell no, mm-hmm, mm-mm, does that also connect into that self-intuition piece for you? And if so, where do you, like, where does it show up in your body if you can recognize it? Yes, I, I think those two things. And then this is where I would throw in the emotion part because I feel like if I'm not leading with any of those things, then I'm not being true to myself. I mean, that's just who I naturally am and I can allow it or I could fight it. And I think the fighting part is where people get into a lot of trouble. Mm. And, you know, those are where like you can develop chronic conditions. Um, you can develop inflammation, right? We know this from a dietitian yeah. perspective, like it's not just what you eat and the yeah. water that you drink. This has to do with things that have been, that you've been muting yeah. all this time. And so I tried to let in doses, things to come out. And I think that's just how my body needs to kind of release, right? I don't like to keep things pent up, but it also can can feel, you know, sometimes it could be confusing. So I think that when you said that, yes, I think uh, I still need to, the emotion part will always come into play, no yeah. matter what, because it's from the heart, like you're leading from the gut and it's intuition and, and it's the awareness and it's the emotion, right? And all yeah. of those come into play when you're having any interaction or any experience, really. Yeah. That's not benign. It's so interesting. So maybe this example will, I don't know, sprinkle out something else from you as well. But for me, not having access to it at all, I have more intuition for other people. Mm-hmm. So for every grandparent that has passed away, I've had all four, I've lost all four of my grandparents over the years. But for every grandparent, I've had pain in my body for at least a week leading up to their death. And then as soon as I get the phone call from my parents or whomever is calling me, the pain releases, wow. which is crazy. When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. I had a pain in the opposite breast for, wow. I don't know, like one or two months before she got the official diagnosis. Um. I was video chatting with another dietitian, like virtually and she woke up with like a stiff neck 
and I had not had a stiff neck that whole day, but halfway into the conversation, I was like, do you have a stiff neck? Like, why does my neck hurt so bad? So it's when I'm like really tapped into the other person that either I'm talking to or like familially connected with, I have this really innate sense for others. And sometimes it's a like a good spidey sense and sometimes it's a bad spidey sense. So yeah, I don't know if that brought up anything for you, but that's how I experience it, which is really interesting. And that's probably why you need your walk in nature and to walk out barefoot because not extreme, but extreme in a way that you are a deep feeler. And so because of that, you also need a way to ground yourself back because it's very, it's impossible to stay that way all the time. I mean, it comes at a cost as I'm sure you just feel like I I just need to, I need a break. I need to go out. I need to detach for a moment in order to reset and recharge yeah it's it can be heavy at times like feeling into that but I think I've learned some not coping mechanisms but I think I've just like had some other channels to be able to express that and like lean into things that fill my cup you know and the more Mm -hmm. I can do that not the less that I feel because I don't want to quell that right like that's an important part of who I am but acknowledging it and then also recognizing that sometimes those aren't my feelings um, and maybe not reading too much into who, who I'm feeling that for, you know? Ah, I could relate to that, but I don't know yeah. if that comes across in my human design. Mm. I don't think some things have to, right? Cause like you've also just had like learned experiences. I think there are some things that are like innately part of our design and some things that we've just kind of experienced as humans. Like, you know what crying feels like, even though that's not a normal emotion for you, you know? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know what disappointment feels like or what the highs of an emotion feel like and the lows of an emotion feel like, even if that's not part of your design. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's powerful to use this in a workplace as well. You know, they have personality tests and they have the, you know, the, the E's, the five E's or whatnot, but this is like next level. Oh girl understatement next level. Right. (laughs) I love bringing this into the spaces that I host. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, shout out for the weeks or for the episode that came out last week or two weeks ago guys the episode with like the the last round of the people in the collab round table oh my god that was epic if you haven't listened go back (laughs) i'll definitely check it out yeah please do okay so now this is the fun piece i think most of this i kind of shared with you in a very very abbreviated form via instagram however this next piece this is determined by the four arrows that are on the top of your chart they're there's two red ones on the left, two right, or and then two black ones on the right. So the black ones are personality, right? Like something that is cognizant in you. And then the unconscious left side is part of your design. Um, so the upper left hand arrow for you is called, or rather, it depicts digestion. Um, as a dietitian, I have some skepticism about like the actual mm-hmm. digestion piece of it. Nonetheless, this, this can also be for digestion of information, which I yeah. think is really cool. So taking, taking that perspective of it is how I rationalize it. <laughs> I love it. I'll go with that too. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So you have what's called alternating appetite, and this refers to how individuals assimilate both food and life experiences. So emphasizing a need for a variety in diet and daily activities, repetitive routines can lead to discomfort for those with this trait who, uh, who thrive on change and alternating patterns in life. 
Understanding this helps individuals embrace their need for variety and change, leading to greater contentment and balance. It's important to consider one's strategy and authority. So strategy is responding, authority is the gut response, and the interplay with the centers and the gates to navigate this effectively. Additionally, this attribute can impact relationships, career choices, and overall life decisions, making it a valuable aspect of your human design. Well, well on that note... <laughs> Check, check, and check. We're, it's like mic drop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like literally, because you and I had breakfast together, you were like, ooh, let's order the scones, and I'm going to get this pizza. <laughs> so like literally. <laughs> you see it happen in front of you. I'm like, I haven't been here in a while. I think I said that to you. I like trying new yeah. places. I, I, I said this to a friend the other day. I get tired of the new pl- same places. I need to venture out and I need to meet people. I The mundane, yeah. the routine is what really will kill my spirit instantly. Isn't that wild? And it for is. me, my, um, what's it called? My digestion is direct light. So right now I have my window wide open because like sunlight, especially natural light, gives me so much energy. And that's when I thrive. Yeah. And that's a very so cool. specific thing that you can get from morning oh, yeah. to to dusk. Winters are winters are rough for me, especially in Germany. We only had like I think the sun would come up at like eight forty five, wow. like during the dead of winter, and then it'd go down at like four. So winters were rough. I spent yeah. a lot of time in front of my sad lamp. Hold on, let me do one thing here. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Make sure you're charging. Yes. I know. It's <laughs> like we always need to be charging, right? Unfortunately. There's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next piece is environment. This is a fun Ooh. one. So yours is a dry kitchen. Not a literal dry kitchen, but <laughs> what this means. So kitchen as a whole is basically a space where you can be creative in like a commune kind of situation, um, whether it's a literal kitchen, but basically a place where people are coming together to create. That is your ideal environment. The dry piece of that um, is basically that you're meant to be an observer and feel the calm in places that are, Mm. that have this like hustle and bustle going on. Yes. So there you go. I'm telling you, I don't even need to say anything. I'll just sit here and you just read it out and I agree with everything that you're saying. This is crazy. This is. (laughs) Not crazy. This is real shit, guys. Totally. Okay. And then the, so that was the, just to give you an example, right? So the first one that we talked about, the digestion piece was the arrow in the upper left-hand corner. This is the arrow in the um, like Southwest, if you will, the lower left-hand part. And now we're going to go to the top right. This is cognition. So think of this as like the heightened sense that you have. This is like your heightened sense superpower. Okay. Um, So yours is touch. So understanding the touch sense in human design is essential for recognizing its profound influence on our sensory experiences and interactions with the physical world. It encompasses more than just physical touch, extending to our comfort in various physical spaces, texture preferences, and interactions with others. Exploring this sense provides valuable insights into our unique physical needs and preferences, influencing our choice of activities and environments. And understanding this can enhance the relationships by helping us communicate physical boundaries. Hey, yo. There's the word. 
preferences effectively. Enhancing this sense involves engaging in tactile activities, physical practices, and mindfulness to improve body awareness. It significantly impacts everyday life choices from clothing and home decor to food enjoyment and leisure activities. Embracing touch sense is key to personal development, guiding us towards activities that support physical health, emotional well-being, spiritual growth, and leading to a more authentic and fulfilling life. Mic drop number two. (laughs) I think it's like I'm ready to end on that high or something. But yeah, it's spot on everything that you said. Wow. That's really cool. Thought for thought. Uh, So mine is smell, Mm -hmm. sense of smell. And OMG, it is, it's heightened. If like, for example, when I lived in an apartment, like two, two moves ago, three moves ago, my husband was baking like a take and bake pizza at like 2 a.m. because he was up playing video games. And I woke up from the midst of my amazing slumber to the stink of pizza coming through my air vent. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Why do I smell pizza and why can't I go back to sleep? This was before I knew about my human design. But uh, now smell you know. affects me that intensely. Yeah. Good to it's, know. It's well, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you have another question? No, I was just reflecting. I was like, next time we meet, we should go to a bakery or something. Yes. My favorite thing to do is to like, yes. My favorite thing to do is to like go into an Italian deli. Cause for me, scents bring back memories and like, I can walk into a place and then I'm like immediately transported back into like my childhood somewhere else. When we lived in New Mexico, we went to a vineyard and they had like an and inside like a barn like press or something or like that's where they fermented their grapes and that specific smell brought me back to my grandma's kitchen when she was cooking panettone because she like put raisins right because she like puts raisins in there I was like oh my god it smells like fermented panettone in here and it smells so good that's a great (laughs) story yeah so there you go and I and I know a few people like that yeah yeah so interesting um yeah and then the last but not least the lower right hand arrow is your manifestation style. And for you, it's nonspecific. So what that means is focusing more on the feeling of the manifestation. So for example, I'm also a nonspecific manifester. So Mm -hmm. when we moved to Germany, the only criteria that I had for an apartment was modern, close to the city center and walking distance to coffee. That's all I wanted, right? My three essentials in life. Where less is um, more people. Yes. Yeah. But as as less specific and more of the feeling, right? Like I knew how I would feel in a modern apartment with floors that I didn't have to like vacuum all the time. I could just like Swiffer, you know, mm-hmm. like that feels light to me. And I was like floor to ceiling windows because light, right? And I That's just my favorite too. Yeah. And I just imagined that it would be light filled. So I couldn't get specific on where, I couldn't get specific on like what the interiors would look like, but the feeling of being in that space is, I think we peaked. I really think that that's the best apartment we're ever going to live in in our lives, like hundred percent hands down. So it's more about the feeling, less about the specifics of it. And I feel like oftentimes, at least the business coaches I've worked with are all like, you have to get specific in your manifestations. And I'm like, boo boo, I can't, I am incapable of doing so. Right. So. How does that resonate? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, exactly. And I think this is where like when people tell you to do something or like you said, when they sell you an idea or a goal, 
like, what, do you know who you're working with? And if you don't, yes. then it ultimately leads to failure. And usually that person feels that for themselves, right? Because if you've paid for something, well, you're, you're going to lose either way, right? Um, and yeah. I think this is where things like this need to be more a part of the conversation. So then everybody wins. Yes. And I don't want to get on a rant, but I'm semi going to get on a rant without getting too specific. But I think that we all have this unique beauty that we can tap into, right? Our human designs, our uniqueness that we can tap into. And oftentimes, instead of trusting ourselves, for you trusting your gut, for me following that heart pull, for some other people allowing their emotional wave, or for some people like trusting their their intuition, or for some people listening to a sounding board, or for some people waiting, right? Like everyone has a unique way of making these decisions mm. through their strategy and then authority. If we listened to that, if we tapped into that, we wouldn't have to pay for someone else's blueprint. You have your own. And Again, I'm not trying to shit on people who sell their blueprint that's worked for them, but it worked for them because they tapped into their self-discovery. They tapped into whatever that secret sauce is personally for them, and that's why it worked. And yeah, it may work for, I don't know, let's just say 20% of the people that they also work with, mm -hmm. but that also could be because their designs are similar, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, all great points, and they're all valid, and I think that's the honest conversation, right, um, yeah. that needs to be had. So yeah, dude, work with a business coach if you feel drawn to doing that, if you feel like they can help you. But if not, what would it look like to tap into what you have already, that sexiness that's going on inside you already, you know? And start there maybe, right? And start there. That's yes. the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, I saved maybe the best for last. Okay. This is your incarnation cross. This is your life's purpose. You don't have to worry about like achieving this. All you got to do is follow your strategy and authority, which is to respond, then run it through your gut, make that feel like a, like a hell yes, hell no decision, right? That's literally all you have to do. That's how you make decisions. That's right. what you're here to do. That's all you got to do. But no big deal, kind of big deal is your life's purpose. So it's the left angle cross of wishes. I've never seen this one come up before, but again, I don't do this crazy often. So maybe that's, maybe that's just statistics. Anyway. Your cross has the energy to provide leadership for change in the law and the way things operate. Oh. This is always going to create tension as there will always be those who wish for things to stay the same yep. and those wishing for change. This cross is about wishing and hoping for a better future. You're here to make that wish. Mm, I have the chills for the future and provide some, some leadership to make it happen. That is actually my life's mission. Right out of the mouth of Celestina Runetti. Actually, I'm glad it is recorded because I'm going to listen to that one over and over again. Not I'll from the voice in my head, but from a friend saying it out loud. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Awesome. And you did that so quickly. I just, you, you old copy and paste, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's, that's the part that always resonates for people. Like when you can dive into the incarnation cross piece, dude, and it's not something to like outwardly strive for. Literally all you have to do is be you, mm -hmm. aim to live in alignment, understand yourself, and then that's just going to come, which I think is so freaking cool. I mean, that's what's driving me, right? So, yeah. and I think we all have something that's mine. Oh, I'm just going to send it to myself because I need to have that in rec on record. I love that. Cool. If you had to, if you had to sum this up in like 
five to 10 words max. Yeah. What, what would you sum this last hour and 16 minutes up as? Um, well, uh, what if I just use some keywords that come to mind? Yes. Uh, empowering number one, um, insightful. That's something I use for other people, but this truly feels like it's been full of gems. Um, so empowering, insightful, transformative. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, this is like an impactful. I mean, those are all the words that I love, the things that I aspire to get out of any conversation. And this conversation for me had all of those things. I love that. I'm so happy that this resonated. And I feel like most people do feel seen when they have their human design like read to them, which I think is so telling, right? Because I've done Enneagram, love it to some extent. Done Myers-Briggs, love it to some extent. Dove, done Cl- Clifton Strengths. I've literally done all of the things. But I think the challenge with other like self-discovery tools is that you have to answer questions and your mind gets in the way, mm-hmm. right? Like you should on yourself probably the whole time you're answering those questions or you're like seeking out like, how do I really feel about this? Do I somewhat agree or do I really agree? You know, but with this, like you put in your birth date, birth time and birth location as accurately as you possibly can. And it's not subjective. It's objective with a little bit of woo. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you can't overanalyze because it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And I feel like that's the really cool part. And it's not about like being someone that you're not. It's about leading into the potential that's there. And I think that that's the really cool piece of it. My projector friend, my 6'2 ego projector friend always uses the word potential. And I think that that's, it's, that resonates, right? It's not like, ooh, you are this. And you are only this. It's you have the ability to unlock this really cool potential. You can choose to, or you can choose not to, and that's okay too. You know, yeah. so yeah, we can all never stop growing. So at least when you know this piece about yourself, you know how to channel that in the best way. Yeah, oh, I love this conversation, Argavon. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for um, not analyzing me, but um, clarifying, revealing highlighting yes pieces and I love learning about this because I had no idea what a human design was and now I'm all for it and and I'm going to share it with everyone that I know so yes. thank you embody for doing it. that embody Six it to role model embody it <laughs> totally no this was wonderful thank you so much for and I'm glad you recorded it again because I need to go back and listen yes I feel like that's the best part about podcasts right it's like listening to the words of wisdom that sometimes you just verbal diarrhea out (laughs) yeah and this is the stuff I enjoy listening to right I love that yeah a little bit of self-help a little bit of business yeah of course anytime Margovan literally anytime yeah (laughs) I'll have more coming your way (laughs) all right thanks girl thank you so much bye this convo amped me up so much Truthfully, I wasn't going to publish this until next week, but I recorded this the Wednesday before an episode would come out, and I'm just so inspired to post this tomorrow because I know that it's going to have such an impact on the people listening, and I'm just feeling drawn to do it. So I'm going to post it tomorrow, but really for you, that's today. And if you're listening past that day, it's really the past, so then it doesn't really matter. Anyway, I'm just stoked about this. And I hope that you gained some insights from this space as well, because it's not just 
analyzing one person's human design, right? It's like, what information can we garner about ourselves, our lives in relation to our designs, right? I hope that I hope that this sparked something in you as well and wasn't just like, oh, cool, listening to someone else's human design reading. But like, really, I I hope that something has kind of been lit up in you so that you can see the beauty and the potential that's within you as well. And if you love human design and you're like, yo, yes, this this is what I need in my business. Because like, as Argavon and I talked about, right, how much of it is trusting yourself for the answers that you want in your business versus feeling like you always have to seek out the next best thing, the next best business coach. I've talked to people who have like taken a tea break from business coaches because they're like, since they started their business, they've always had one. And that's just like kind of how it's been. And yeah, their businesses are working for them. But what if, what if we chose to dive into the self-development to listen to ourselves rather than seek out answers externally? What would that look like? Would it be looking into your human design? Would it be entering a space like the CoLab Roundtable, which emphasizes your uniqueness, your human design, your superpowers, basically everything that I talked to Argavon about today? Would it be that space? Or would it be a space where someone's giving you the, here's how you do it blueprint? And I think sometimes the here's how you do it blueprint can seem so shiny and so easy because it's worked for someone else. But as we went through in this episode today, right, there's a lot of shooting on yourself that comes from those open centers. And if you have open centers, yeah, you might feel this external pressure, this external should of what you should be doing or should be feeling, right? But it's really up to you to determine if you want the, the easy blueprint or to do maybe some of the more challenging deconditioning and leaning into the self-development piece. That is where the answers for you and your business ultimately lie. To be honest, I've had three business coaches and it wasn't until I found my human design that things in my business clicked, that things in my business felt right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was making a shit ton of money as a personal chef, but was I healthy? Probably not. I was working at least 14 to 16 hours a day, making bank. But I think that I was doing it out of a, like an external drive to feel successful. And f- at that point in my life, success was money, right? I'm going to talk about more of this next week and my personal journey with human design. And we can kind of unravel this a little bit more. But I think if you're ready to do some of the more challenging work on yourself, and learn a little bit more about yourself. Some of it's not super sexy and that's that's okay, right? Like we have to accept the good and maybe the not so good of ourselves. But if we can lean into the good, if we can learn to lean into the superpowers and understand where our challenges might arise for ourselves through our human design, through spaces like the CoLab Roundtable, that's going to impact us so much more for the long term rather than relying on someone else's blueprint that may work for a little bit because you're putting all of your effort into it and then it may not be sustainable, right? So consider where you are investing not only your time but your money and what that will bring you in return, right? Yeah, 
If you want the 10 G's a month, I'm probably not your person. But if you want to do the self-development piece so that you can feel aligned and make decisions in your business so that eventually you can get the 10 G's per month, it's not going to be an overnight thing by any means, but the self-work piece is going to be so much more sustainable and so much more life-giving than the blueprint. Someone else's blueprint. Give that a noodle. So next round of the CoLab Roundtable starts at the end of this month on the 27th. That is a mixed group. So whatever your human design is, whether you're a generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifester, that space is for you. And if I have enough manifestors, I'm going to do a specific manifestor group too, because I feel like I need that in my life and I'm being pulled to do that. Like literally I said that and my heart just went whoop, whoop, not in like an I'm dying kind of way, in like a care bear pull kind of way, you know? Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Information is always in the show notes for any of any and all of my upcoming things. So if you want to be a part of the next round of the CoLab Roundtable, info's down below. If you want to check out your human design, info's down below. Um, oh, and just to be super transparent, the the investment in this space in the CoLab Roundtable is 888, which is, I can tell you from experience, significantly less than paying for someone else's blueprint a mentor, a coach, whatever one it, whatever you want to call them, right? I've spent upwards of $20,000 on coaches and human design has been my least expensive investment in myself and it's been the most significant. So give that a noodle guys. All right. Next week I will be talking more about my human design journey and um, yeah, until then. Ciao.